Hello, thank you for choosing to listen to Theme Park Films Podcast. We are Carla and Holly, two friends from England, who will ride the movies, watch the film and give you our thoughts. You can find us on at Theme Park Films on Twitter. Oh, and just one more thing. If you are driving whilst listening to this podcast, please keep your arms inside the vehicle for the duration of the show. Thank you. Welcome to Theme Park Films. I'm Carla, and as ever, I'm joined by Holly. Hello. And this week, we are discussing Peter Pan, which came out on the 5th of February, 1953, in USA, and the 27th of July, 1953, in the UK. But before we get on to that, we're going to briefly talk about the ride, which features in Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom. But just quickly before, you know, obviously, did you see it at the cinema when it first came out? (laughs) Anyway. um, (laughs) So the ride opened on the 1st of October, 1971. And no, I wasn't on the ride or operating the ride (laughs) when it opened either before you start that um so have you been on the ride i take it you went on it when you were younger yeah but i can't really remember it that well i I must have been i must have been on it Hmm. and it's i mean it's still there today it's opposite it's a small world if that rings any bells to you it's in like the fantasy land part of the magic kingdom I mean, they've made their money on that, haven't they? They've got their money back tenfold. I mean, it's there. Yeah, it's one of the... I I don't know all the rides that were there when it opened, but I know that Pirates of the Caribbean, Haunted Mansion, I think, were there at the very beginning as well. That is crazy. And that it still is, like, just as probably, you know, relevant today as it was then. I would say so. Um, I'm just going to look up the wait time right now so we can see what the line is because normally the reason I don't go on this ride much is, well, one, because I suppose I'm a little bit too old for it, but secondly, the queue is always massive and I'm just checking it now and it is 85 minutes. That is outrageous. 85 minutes and it's about... (laughs) two in the afternoon there. That is crazy. I mean, people in that queue are going to miss the parade because that's on a free. So, you know, I mean, to be fair, all of the rides are quite long at the moment in there, but that is the second longest. The longest one is Space Mountain, 120 minutes. Maybe that's why I don't, you know, I must have been on it, but I obviously can't remember it because there'd be some other rides, you know, like It's a Small World, that you could probably, if you time it right, you could probably get on that within 20 minutes. Yeah, definitely. So obviously I went on that a few more times and remember that. I think you just go in like a little sailing ship and you sail over the scenes of Peter Pan. So uh, I think you see uh, London, and uh, Wendy walking the plank and Captain Hook 
with the crocodile and yeah, just just uh, significant scenes from the film. It's quite a short ride, I think, but it's it's pleasant. Yeah, probably quite relaxing. Yeah, I mean, it's the kind of ride I'd probably go in more often to get out of the sun if the queue wasn't so mental. I do remember though quite vividly meeting. Is it Smee? Well, I always thought it was name. I always thought it was just Smee, but when I watched the film, they were calling him Mr. Smee, so I don't know where I've got just Smee from. But either way, I know who you mean. Um, I remember meeting him when I was young, and then I had the autograph book, and it was, you know, to get the autographs of people was like meeting celebrities. Mm. And he did have a really nice signature. See, now I have a real issue with the autograph book in Disney World. I don't understand it. Why can't you just have a picture? It just delays the cues, the autograph. And let's be honest, they're not the real ones, are they? <laughs> I don't know if I knew that then. Like, I think I went back to school and was like, showed people all the autographs I got. I, I don't remember there being autographs when I very first went there. I don't remember anyone queuing up for an autograph. You queued up, got your picture, and that was it. But now, well, now, I mean, it's all new kettle of fish, isn't it? Because you have to queue up for ages. You don't have characters walking around the park anymore. Oh, don't you? My memory of, of Disney World, is, and I never went there when I was as young as you, but when I was sort of an older child, stroke teenager, was the characters just walked around the park and you could run up to them. Yeah, or well, like they'd be placed strategically around the park. So I think, you know, it would you might just sort of see someone come over and then people would be like, oh, there's that one. And then you'd start like forming a line or... yeah. You know, they just would be dotted around the park. Like, you wouldn't have to be like, oh, I'm going to go and queue to meet Smee. Like, I don't think I'd have put much effort into meeting some (laughs) of the characters. And I remember, like, some of them, you know, the really popular ones, they were, they did take forever. So I'd go off and be like, oh, I'm going to go and get this person's autograph instead. Yeah. And then I remember, like, Chip and Dale, like, I met them. And I was sort of quite excited because are they twins or... Yeah. It seemed to be so. I liked them, and they did a really. They were the cutest signature. You should point They're out all the twins because people won't understand what that means. Oh, right. Yeah, sorry. Because <laughs> um, like, for twins? Yeah, she's obsessed. Um, <laughs> and I remember, like, being really happy about. Like, they didn't have a big queue at all. I don't know if she ever wants her name, because you never refer to her name, so I just always say your sister in case she wants to remain anonymous. But did you ever have your picture taken with Chip and Dale? Yeah, I must have done. That's that's got to be a Kodak moment. Two sets of twins. And I remember I would really like them, because I'm sure, because they were chipmunks, we'd been to Colorado on holiday, Mm. and I think we did see chipmunks or something. Okay. So I just was very happy that we met them. I mean, you sound happy now, just remembering it. This is a lovely... I just just really remember their their autograph. I remember theirs and Smee's were, like, my favourite. And then, like, obviously I had, like, Cinderella's and theirs was quite nice. And Belle had a little love... Like, you know, Cinderella would have a little love heart over her eye and stuff. Bells was quite nice, but yeah, I just remember when I watched this, my main thing was like, 
watching it with Adam and I was like, he had a really nice signature. <laughs> and you wouldn't think it to look at him, would you? <laughs> no, you wouldn't. Oh, well, maybe I missed out getting the autographs because I don't know what any of their autographs looks like because I just thought it was a load of nonsense and didn't bother with any of that. So, um, back to the bride. Yeah, I don't, I don't massively remember it, but I think, obviously, it just shows that if it's been there since the 70s, ain't, what is it, the saying? <laughs> if it ain't broken, don't fix it, yeah. I would agree. It's a, it's a nice ride. And it's nice that kids nowadays still want to go on it. Because Tinkerbell's still very popular, isn't she? Yes. She's hugely popular. It's probably more for Tinkerbell than anything, I would imagine, is why people go on that. Yeah, and I wonder it. You know, I wonder when they did the film, they knew how big I don't think you know, Tinkerbell did. would be. Because she didn't have as big a part as I expected her to have when I watched it back. No, only really the beginning and then a couple of scenes in the middle. That was it, wasn't it? Anyway, let's t- should we talk about the film and then we can talk about that? Yes. Okay. So I, I've obviously, I must have seen the film as a child. I have vague recollections of it, but I didn't realise just how little I actually remembered of the film until I rewatched it for this podcast. There were some bits through it where I like really, I couldn't remember it at all. But there were obviously quite a few scenes I did remember. Like, I remember, I did watch Peter Pan, I think, quite a lot when I was younger. I wouldn't say it was one of my favourites, though. Mm. Like, I was shocked that it was it, it was made in 1953. Like, you know, like, what's Beauty and the Beast? When was that made? Early 90s. Yeah, like, I thought that this was early 90s. Oh, really? Yeah. No. <laughs> well, and I don't know what else thinks that. <laughs> <laughs> but I suppose when you see, so this is the thing: when I was a child, and then you had like the really old Disney films, and then kind of nothing particular happened. You had like a few ones that weren't that big, and then The Little Mermaid came out, and it changed everything. And then it was just film after film after film. Whereas when you were born, that had already happened. So I can understand why you would get maybe a little confused not knowing which was old and which was new. Yeah, I just sort of thought they were all that same age. Yeah. And, I mean, I hadn't watched it, you know, obviously watching it back now, you know, you can tell, obviously, like, the graphics aren't... Not that they're not good, but, you know, know, for 1953, I think it's very, very good. They're just not as sharp as they would be now, are they? I yeah. Think, yeah. So I think Peter Pan, and I, I could be completely wrong, but I think it was probably around like their sixth film or something. I think it was Snow White was first. It was like the 30s, wasn't it? Because it was Hitler's favourite film. <laughs> it was the 1930s. Maybe maybe it was a little bit earlier. I don't know. I don't know if it was before. I think it was after Fantasia, and I think it was after Bambi. Again, I didn't really know that Bambi was that old. I think Bambi was like forties. Oh. And I think. Gosh. I think Pinocchio might have been the forties as well. But yeah, so I'm not. I, I probably should have looked this all up before. Um, we came out, and I, I think Dumbo was before it as well, but again, I'd need to double-check on that. 
but yeah, it's 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 certainly one of the the earlier batches of Disney films, and I think it's amazing when you consider that was all completely hand drawn. Yeah. Every scene, there was no you know there was no way round it then. It had to be done like that. Yeah, it's amazing. Really. I mean, really- even when you watch it, I think when, because when it came up and it said, like, you know, I messaged you just to be like, we are watching the 1953 one, aren't we? Yeah. So obviously it came up and I was like, gosh, it's 1953. And probably it was only the first couple of scenes of it. You know, I was a bit like, oh, gosh, like this is, you can tell. But then mm-hmm. as soon as that went, I was, you know, there wasn't, like sometimes when you watch old films, you can, you know, you can really tell, like it's quite yeah. a struggle this I didn't find that it was yeah I mean if it wasn't for the titles were quite dated um, and the way the children spoke was obviously dated but on the whole yeah it could have been made at any time couldn't it it's just a just a good fairy tale yeah kind of film Um, so it starts off with the darling family Um, the parents getting ready to go out so there's three kids there's older girl Wendy, and then there's the younger brothers Michael and John. So I found Wendy to be appalling. I know it. I know it was the fifties, but who speaks like that? Don't say you used to. I'm not. <laughs> I was going to say that. I was going to say Wendy speaks like it. Yes, but it's just so. Um, I don't. I just. I truly don't. I don't get her at all. When I watched it back, I was like, she's just the most annoying character there ever could be. Yeah. Like, even when she's just sort of, you know, she just doesn't shut up. She's manic. You know, like, the dad comes in, he's trying to have a conversation with her, and she's just like, oh, mum, and like, well, mummy or mother or whatever, and runs off to go and speak to her and then something else is going on and something else has caught her eye and then Peter Pan comes into the room and it's like yap 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 you know it's like calm down well she goes from one extreme to the other because she says she doesn't want to grow up but she's got the voice of a 50 year old woman (laughs) I don't believe I don't know who did the voice but I don't believe that is a 14 year old girl or 13 or whatever she's meant to be in it or even 20. Yeah. Well, obviously quite a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Yet they don't want to fork out for a human to look after their kids. So they get their dog. <laughs> and they all have to sleep in this one little bedroom. I don't get it. Well, they wanted to put her in another room, but she didn't want to grow up, which again was weird. What would you want to have? I can't think of anything worse. I've not got brothers or sisters, but... I would imagine it's worse having to share a room with brothers. Fine. She doesn't want to grow up, but it doesn't have to be just one room. You know, the the sort of the children's quarters could be two bedrooms. Yeah. Couldn't it? Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, they're in the nursery. Well, I I sort of would think the nursery would be on, like, the third floor or something. Well, they were quite high up, weren't they? Yeah. Basically, her mum tells her uh, she needs to get a room of her own. She says, you know, she doesn't want to grow up. She starts talking about Peter Pan, and her dad says it's poppycock, which I think is an expression that needs to come back. I agree. 
there's not enough people in the world saying poppycock. And she asked her mum not to shut the window in, key, in case Peter comes back for his shadow, because she's somehow managed to get his shadow. I'm not sure how. I might have missed that bit. <laughs> well, I missed it as well. I don't know. Because he left it there when he came to listen to stories. But I don't know why the shadow wandered off. Not sure. Does not it do sure. it all the time? I don't know. It wasn't mentioned again, really, was it? The shadow afterwards. So It must just be a bit where it's obviously that, you know, for Peter to come back. Yeah. So whilst um, they're sleeping, Peter and Tinkerbell arrive to find his shadow. He finds it as Wendy wakes up and she sews his shadow back on. After absolutely chewing his ear off. Yeah. To the point where, where Peter has to say... Gosh, girls speak a lot. Yeah, he even called it out. The first time we see Peter, yeah. he is absolutely frightening. <laughs> <laughs> he looks menacing. And again, when I was young, I always thought Peter Pan was quite, you know, quite good looking. Right. I mean, he's awful. <laughs> He's got a cute face, hasn't he? No, he looks absolutely menacing. <laughs> like, sometimes he looks all right, but there's some pictures of him where he looks really scary. I'm just sending you a photo now. And you can just, you know, let me know. Really. Okay, this doesn't translate on a, on a podcast, just so you know. It but doesn't, but you can always put it on the Twitter. I will put it on the Twitter. Okay, he does look scary. <laughs> <laughs> this will be going on Twitter. Or the Twitter, as Holly likes to call it. Um, okay, so <laughs> I can't stop thinking about this. <laughs> Was that even in the film? I don't know, but I, that was the sort of... I mean, yeah, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> he looks like the Grinch in this one. <laughs> yeah, and he looked... There were definitely some scenes, and I was like, he looks awful. Like, he looks really, really scary. And I remember, you know, obviously Peter being like, I mean, even these. Like, I'm going to just send you loads. I'm just going to literally bombard you all evening with pictures of Peter Pan. Right, I'll, I'll carry on and just every now and then look at what you're sending me. <laughs> Wendy tells Peter that she has to grow up tomorrow, which sounds a bit dramatic because all she's got to do is go into her own room. I don't think she's got to grow up while she's in there. She hasn't got to get a job. But he tells her, don't worry about that, go to Neverland with him. So he teaches her and her brothers how to fly and all they need is faith, and uh, pixie dust. Yeah. This was where I discovered that Tinkerbell was a pixie because I just thought she was a fairy. Oh, right. Yeah, I didn't even notice. Didn't even pick and up on that bit. I'm not sure what the difference is between a pixie and a fairy, but I, I never, ever thought of her as being a pixie before until they kept referring to her as one in this film. So, yeah. And also, Some... what, you know, what, what were your first thoughts on Tinkerbell? I love Tinkerbell. 
In fact, I, I mean, I, I was never really a fan of Tinkerbell walking around the parks. I didn't dislike her, but she didn't particularly interest me. But now I think, yeah, I think she's great. <laughs> because you don't like Wendy. Yeah, I'm so with Tinkerbell. She's quite, um, like, for the for the 50s, I thought she was, you know, a bit... <sighs> Like, you know, in these polls where people put Jessica Rabbit as their favourite, I think Tinkerbell would come second. Really? A bit of a sexy pixie? Like, in a drawer and you're basically seeing up her skirt. What the goodness look? <laughs> well, you, you saw. Oh, Find that. a picture of that. God, what else are you going to send me? I do remember thinking, and I don't know if this is in any way true or whether the years match up or anything, but I I thought she reminded me or was probably modelled on Marilyn Monroe. Oh, right, yeah, maybe. You know, like Aladdin um, was based on Tom Cruise, like his features were, were modelled on Tom Cruise. No. I just think, <laughs> I didn't yeah, know that. Right. but we'll talk about that more when we do the Aladdin podcast. But it was they wanted him and they chose what they considered at the time to be a really good looking man of the hour, which was Tom Cruise. And I, I, I just thought maybe I thought the shape of her and everything I thought was very Marilyn Monroe. So I don't know if that's true. Maybe someone can let us know. But and like it, when she when she goes into the mirror and she's. Like measuring herself. Yeah. Just sending you another picture. God. What is this going to be? <laughs> oh, for God's sake. She sent you 30 pictures of Tinkerbell. Oh, my God. Don't say that because I bet there are some really filthy ones. <laughs> and I've not done that. She sent me a picture of Tinkerbell's bum. Yeah, which is in the film. <laughs> But someone has taken the trouble to take a close-up shot of that. And also, I had to Google Tinkerbell underwear drawer, so you can imagine what did come up. (laughs) Oh, God. Moving on from that. um, So they all fly out of the window, and they fly above London and land on Big Ben, which I always liked because... I was born in London, and I was born opposite Big Ben. So mm. I, I did. I did like it that when the youngest boy, what's his, what's the youngest boy's name again? I don't know if it's Michael or John. I think it's John is the young one. Oh, I was going to say I think it's Michael. But anyway, when he gets Tinkerbell to try and get the dog, and he sort of taps her like she's a pepper pot, like shakes her. Yeah. That was probably my favourite scene of the whole film. He was cute, the little one, wasn't he? The other one, yeah. I but we'll get on to him because I've written something about him later, which I think I can't actually repeat what I wrote about him, but <laughs> uh, I'll reword it a different way. So then um, we cut to a pirate ship and we see uh, Smee, or Mr. Smee, as we've discovered he's called, and Captain Hook. Captain Hook is looking to get hold of Peter Pan because he said Peter Pan cut off his hand and Mr Smee said, oh, that was a childish prank. Quite quite a serious (laughs) prank, isn't it? Yeah, very. Get away with that in court. (laughs) It was just a prank. (laughs) Oh, 
then that is fine. It was April Fool's, for God's sake. <laughs> and I thought, you know, obviously at that point where they're looking at the map and they're like, oh, where could Peter Pan be? And there's about three places on the map. <laughs> <laughs> so it turns out that Peter fed, not only did he cut off his hand in an act of banter, he he fed it to a crocodile um, who also swallowed an alarm clock, so now um, makes a TikTok noise whenever he's coming along. Well, firstly, when that man started like playing that, I don't know, whatever it's called, and then hook shot him, I was like, thank, thank you for that, because it was yeah. driving me mad, so well done. Um, and then we obviously go into the scene where... He's going to, Smee's going to give Hook a shave. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the dread in Hook's face, eyes, body about hearing this ticking. Yeah. It just made me think, like, if I was that scared and I'm captain of a ship, I wouldn't go anywhere near the edge of it. <laughs> and actually, I might just decide to go and live on land. We meet the crocodile, and all Smee has to do is shoo him away, and he's off. <laughs> so, is he that scary? I don't know. I thought he sort of seemed a bit, you know, he was like, oh, yeah, all right. Yeah. This would be like to him, you know, come back each week, and I'll feed you one of my crew members. Negotiation. Yeah. So Tinkerbell takes the kids to the Lost Boys. She tells them that they need to fire catapults at Wendy. (laughs) Which I thought was wonderful. (laughs) I bet you did. I enjoyed that very, very much. However, um, Peter saves Wendy. Tinkerbell gives a bit of attitude, doesn't she? She doesn't seem to care. No. And, you know, she owns it. Yeah. I liked she was, you know, giving it the talk to the hand and all of that. He says, doesn't he? He's like, did you did you tell her that? Did you say to do it on purpose? And she's just yeah. like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and for 1953, again, I mean, she's quite sassy, isn't she? Yeah. It's the kind of character you'd find, like, in a film now. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I thought she was great. Um, but and then spoiled sport pan goes and banishes her. But then Wendy does only say, Oh, only for a week, Peter. Like even then, wouldn't you just be like, Oh, it's probably a misunderstanding don't yeah. worry. Not be like yeah. Well you can ban her for a week. Yeah. If I'd have been Wendy, I would have been trying to get on Tinkerbell's good side. Yeah, because she clearly is on with the power. Yeah, she's pulling the strings here, isn't she? Yeah. She's the intelligence out of her and Peter. I mean, Peter's not very bright, is he? Not really. No. And she... Yeah, she can get people to fly. You know, she's got a lot of... You'd want her around. Yeah, definitely. You want to get on her good side. Yeah, so they obviously... Then they go off, don't they? Um, Michael... Did we agree it's his name's Michael, the, or the eldest one, or...? This one is John, because I've just found my notes, so I can't repeat, but I said I don't like But John, why don't you like him? 
He's just really pompous, isn't he? He is quite. So, yeah, John then takes the Lost Boys and Michael off for to go and find uh, the Red Indians. Yeah. So, I mean, that seems quite nice because it's obviously focused on Michael, who is... He is very sweet. Michael's nice, yeah. Yeah. And then they get to the scene where they think they've found a Red Indian. Yeah. And, I mean, it's quite... I know it's in the 50s, but, you know, like... I mean, you wouldn't get away with it now. Oh, God, never in a million years. It, I don't remember... I, I, I felt like I was watching it for the first time, although obviously I wasn't. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, I was actually in, in shock. Yeah. I was like, God, really? I did know that... Um, immediately after this. So basically, um, yeah, they're captured, blah, blah, blah. John says, I'm frightfully sorry, chaps. I mean, really? That's so John, isn't it? What an idiot. Yeah, it really is. And they're only to be released um, once they say the whereabouts of Princess uh, Tiger Lily. And there was a mermaid scene, which is what I was leading up to. And my God. It looked identical to Ariel. It did. The mermaids were really, really horrible to Wendy. <laughs> I mean, really horrible. No, yeah, they they weren't very pleasant to her. They tried um, to push. They were put, like throwing water at her and like being very rude. You know, like oh, she's got a nightdress on. <laughs> Well, I mean, they can talk. I mean, they got, you know, gills. <laughs> and a, like, and a shell bra. See, I can understand why Tinkerbell was a bit irritated by it, Wendy, but I couldn't really understand what their problem with her was because they didn't really know her, did they? Yeah, but they like Peter. They all like Peter. Peter got all of the girls. He was like the Calvin Harris. Of the 50s. Absolutely ridiculous. And it was weird because he didn't really seem to pay any attention to any of them. Apart from Tinkerbell, who he said at the end that, you know, that he, that she was his favourite person or something. Yeah. But apart from that, he wasn't really fussed, was he? No. Not at all. Um... So, yeah, other than, than that, there was no real point to the, to the mermaid scene, was there? Other than they were just being horrible to Wendy. And also, it just, I thought, you know, like Peter, to me, he is summed up in that scene. That, you know, Wendy sort of will be like, oh, Peter, and, like, thinks that he really likes her and stuff. And they, you know, they go off together and they're, like, flying through the sky. And then he's like, come on, Wendy, meet the mermaids. And then he leaves her to sort of climb down the rocks, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. And then she finally gets over there and he sort of stands there and they're like, who's this, Peter? And she doesn't, he, she doesn't, he doesn't really go, oh, you know, be nice. This is Wendy. She really wanted to meet you. You know, she, yeah. like, she's heard so much about you. She can't wait to meet you. He leaves her to basically be, you know, you know, made to feel very small and picked on by these very good-looking mermaids compared to Wendy. And then when they're 
you know, she has to get to the point where she's going to, like, throw a shell at them. <laughs> but he's like, oh, Wendy, they're just joking. We then see um, Captain Hook has uh, Tiger Lily. Peter Pan tricks Mr. Smee by impersonating Captain Hook. He is really cocky. And it annoyed yeah. me because he says to Mrs. Me, Mrs. Me, do this. He does it, takes her away. And then he comes coming back he comes back in and then he's like, Why are you doing that? And he's like, Because you told me to. Yet he continues to sit there, laid back with his eyes closed. So Peter and Captain Hook have a fight. Uh, Captain Hook falls into the crocodile's mouth but manages to get get out and swim off. And Peter saves Tiger Lily. And then it cuts to Mr. Smee telling uh, Captain Hook that Peter has banished Tink, a bell. I think I've just written Tink for short there. Because of Wendy. And says that Tinkerbell is jealous of her. So... Um, he sends uh, Mr. Smee to go and get Tinkerbell because he thinks of a way of using her against Peter. Which I think is a clever idea. I really like Captain Hook in this. I didn't think he was as bad as all that. I mean, yeah, he's not the nicest of guys, but he has had his hand cut off by a really annoying flying boy. <laughs> yeah. And he's surrounded by imbeciles. I... To be fair, I did say that as well. I can't remember where I put it, but I did actually say he is surrounded by absolute idiots. Hmm. And I felt a bit sorry for him. So then Captain Hook tells Tinkerbell that he will leave the island. He's having a little bit of chit-chat with her and talks about Wendy coming between her and Peter and he kind of suggests that he could take Wendy out to sea with him. And then after that, we move on to the next scene. I think it's after that, isn't it? Where they um, go to... Where we see Peter with the Red Indians, which, again, is quite... um, I don't really know what to say. It's, uh, It's of its time, isn't it? You know, because certain things... Like Enid Blyton books are edited now. Certain ones are now out of print because they're considered um, racist, even though I don't believe for a second at the time they were intended to be that way. Obviously, as we progress and everything else, and then they're no longer appropriate. But I saw this film watching it on Now TV. So it's obviously, you know, I'm not seeing an unedited version. They haven't changed it in any way whatsoever. It, it did surprise me that it hasn't, they haven't tried to edit certain parts of it maybe yeah and again like in this scene we see peter watching tiger lily dance which i mean i think was quite suggestive didn't you and then and then obviously another person has fallen under the spell of peter pan he's uh he's managed to get another woman after him yeah Wendy gets sort of really annoyed about it, and it's a bit like, why? Like, you're there to be his mother. Yeah, I don't think we should delve too far into it, because it's a bit creepy, really, isn't it? Um, Tinkerbell tells Captain Hook 
where Peter lives and she makes him promise that he won't lay a hand or a hook on Peter. Then he locks Tinkerbell away. It then cuts to Wendy having an arseache about Tiger Lily being after Peter and she encourages her brothers to go home and she sings to remind them that they've got a mum at home because at first they don't want to go, they want to stay there. And then Peter throws a strop this time and says if they want to grow up, they can jolly well go back. And then they all want to go. Yeah, and then all of a sudden Wendy's leaving with the brothers and the lost boys. Peter stays and Captain Hook leaves him a package which has a bomb in it. Just, you know, one of your handy stash of bombs. Yeah. (laughs) With the nice gift wrap ready to go with it. He did wrap it very well for someone with a hook. (laughs) And we know it must have been him, because if it would have been Smee, it would have been wrong. Captain Hook captures them all and says that they will either join him or they will walk the plank. So Wendy says goodbye and walks the plank. And then what Uh, happens to her when she walks the plank? Because I don't think I was paying attention at that point. Okay, so she walks the plank and um, in the meantime, Tinkerbell hears that uh, Peter's about to be blown up by a package, so she manages to break out and get to Peter. Quite easily she manages to break out. I mean, it was fairly simple. She could have done it a little earlier. (laughs) A lot earlier, actually. And he does blow up, but he manages to survive. And as Wendy's walking the plank, obviously she doesn't realise Peter survived, but he catches her. Oh, that is what happens. Flies underneath and catches her. Right. Which we don't see, but we presume that that's what's happened because there was no splash. And then we see she's okay. So Captain Hook and Peter fight man to man with him promising that he won't fly away. And um, this is the oddest part of the entire film, that he says he won't kill him if Captain Hook says he's a codfish. And to me, this this just really shows how childish Peter is. It shows his true colours, doesn't it? <laughs> it it really, really does. Absolutely ridiculous. Everybody starts chanting along, he's a codfish. Yeah. And at that point, I, if I was Hook, I would be like, give me the bloody gun myself and I will do it for you. <laughs> Kill myself now if I'm stuck in this stupid land with these morons. I cannot do it anymore. No, I mean, it's just... Well, I don't are, know we, it's... are we assuming it's hell? I don't know, because to him it would be, and to me. I don't know if codfish was a big insult in the 50s. I'm not sure. I mean, yeah, because... Is, I mean, is a me, cod that bad of a fish? I, I don't even know what that means. I don't know what that is about. It was the weirdest thing ever. But anyway, Peter then lets him go because he's satisfied with that. And, of course, Captain Hook tries to kill him anyway. And rightly so, to be honest, because he was a fool. (laughs) Yeah. 
But it all goes wrong and he falls into the sea and the last we see of him is he's being chased away by the crocodile. Peter says he will sail with them to London in the flying ship, which I think is the ship that we see in the ride. And we cut back to the room and it turns out the Lost Boys weren't ready to leave after all because they didn't want to grow up. But Wendy announces to her dad that she's had a change of heart and she's now ready to grow up. But in the meantime, he's had a change he's of heart. Up. They've all had a change of heart. So all this didn't matter. She's <laughs> going to stay in the same room. And Wendy goes back to being gabbling Wendy, where she goes and talks 19 to the dozen about Peter and a pirate ship. And they think she's talking nonsense. They're possibly looking to certify her. I don't know. I'm just reading between the lines for that. But then they look out of the window and see the pirate ship. And her dad says that he recognises that ship from when he was very young. Yeah, from a long uh, time ago. Yeah. So maybe Peter had been visiting the family for years and dad had just forgotten about it. And we've run credits. And that's Peter Pan. We've had some shout-outs on this. Now, all our shout-outs have been on Instagram this week, and I wondered why, and then I realised I forgot to ask shout-outs on Twitter for Peter Pan. So, that's right. If you're on Twitter, I do apologise if you wanted to say something about Peter Pan. I'm sorry. So, we've had um, It's Ada say beautiful we've had um our number one fan or your number one fan i don't think he's my number one fan anymore after listening to the cars podcast but at lyle 1989 said i completely understand tinkerbell's hatred of wendy she was a right bore oh you two agreed so maybe maybe me and lyle can be friends again i don't know yeah i, I think I think so. This could build bridges. <laughs> could, perhaps. could. And then we've got, I hope I'm saying this right, um, Champa Klein, say, a classic, 1953. The animation of today still uh, follows that era as a guide. Kind of Mary Poppins-like, but with a pirate and a man-eating crocodile still holds up. Although Peter can look a little devilish at times. See? They agreed. What you said. So that's uh, Champa Klein. You can find their podcast, um, Blow Your Mind and Mullet and Memories. So if you look those up, that's uh, Champa spelled C-I-A-M-P-A and then Klein. So we recommend them. And that's it, because, yeah, unfortunately, I messed up and only put that on Instagram. Anything you would like to add? No, I don't think so. You can get in touch with us on Twitter at Theme Park Films. You can find us on Instagram or Pinterest, Theme Park Films Podcast, or you can email us, themeparkfilms at hotmail.com. Thank you very much for listening, and we will see you next time.